Wounded but not broken with host Patrick Scroggins. As a U.S. Army attack helicopter pilot deployed in Iraq, Patrick faced a devastating crash, which resulted in him dying, losing a leg, and a slew of broken bones. Patrick's story of rehabilitation has helped others to overcome their own obstacles. Each week, Patrick recounts stories of inspiration and interviews guests who have overcome remarkable obstacles. This is Wounded But Not Broken with your host, Patrick Scroggins. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wounded But Not Broken again here on this uh, Monday night over everybody's weekend as well. And, you know, we got through, uh, or you got through the the holidays well, and and we're moving forward. Uh, Tonight, we are going to do a continuation of last week. Uh, We just felt like there was some uh, more things to go over of some of the, uh, not only my story, but some of the other stories that we have had on uh, this show, some very powerful stories. And so, again, tonight I have Midge Rapoli on with me. Midge. How's it going? Good to see you, man. Good. So... How was your week? You know what? My week was, the weekend was perfect because the 49ers won. Huge 49er fan. I'm from the Bay Area. And the Green Bay Packers lost. So, my weekend is good. I'm sorry about your Dallas Cowboys <laughs> once again. We already went over that uh, last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as far as football, if you're a football fan, this was a good weekend. You know, aside from, you know, your Cowboys not being there, but there were four great games this weekend. It was. You know? was some, it was great competition, great competition in the games, and they were they were super close, and, and you know, it could have went either way. And uh, that Kansas City game and the Bills game was crazy. I mean, that was back and forth. Both of them quarterbacks are insane. I have never seen a game like that before. Like they said, they went like four touchdowns scored in two minutes. You know, that's, it was amazing. That's one for the history books, man. So when you were in, you were in Afghanistan. Did they ever do one of those things where they would satellite in the, the game and they would, you know, show you guys? You know, how they sometimes they'll do that. They'll show, you know, the Marine Corps. They'll show the Battalion Seventeen over in wherever. Did they ever do that for you guys when you were staying over there? Oh yeah, for there? sure. I, I, I was in Iraq, but yeah, it, it definitely it's it's uh. It's always something, you know. I mean, that's that's America's America's sport. So, yeah, we got to we got to do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, any of the big events, they would, uh, you know, we we once we got the infrastructure set up. I mean, you know, when I was over there the first time in '03, there was nothing. Uh, you could watch the sunrise and the sunset. That was about it. Um, but once they got everything set up, yeah, they always tried to do big events and you know big political speeches. They always tried to televise them for everybody that could attend. I mean, most of the time. You know, you're out, uh, not on the main base, so you didn't have really any way to watch it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely try to make it as comfortable and as normal as possible. So from the the time you first get to Iraq to set up camp, how long is that process? Two weeks, three weeks before, not before you're comfortable and got, you know, you know the satellite so you can see football games, but until you've got communications, you've got, uh, you know, the, the, the food, housing, how long until all of that's done? Well, I mean, if you, if you're so in Oh three, when we went across, I mean, it, it was, a, it was quite, quite some time. I mean, 
towards the end of the of the uh, deployment, so 10 to 12 months, um, it was where you, uh, bit, you know, we had a big infrastructure base set up to where you could go into like a little shop at or an AC store. Um, but for months upon months, I mean, you, you, you don't, you just move from, uh, you know, town to town and, and you have, uh, you know, you establish a stronghold of some sort, whether it be in a school or, or, uh, you know, or some kind of co uh, compound, maybe an ex-military compound or, or some, something that you could fortify and actually defend and, um, so, uh, but, you know, the military has their cooks and they, they, you know, they used to serve three meals a day. And for, for most of us that were out, you know, out doing the, the stuff, the, you know, our job, I mean, it's MREs. So you just, you get, uh, you get really tired of them quick, but, uh, yeah. So it takes a while to get all that set up, you know, running, running what, through. So most, what does MRE stand for? Oh, meals ready to eat. It's a, it's a, it's a meal in a bag. <laughs> oh no, the the, the freeze dried stuff. Here's some freeze dried corned beef. Have fun. Yeah, well, no, it's it's they have a little heater in it, so it has like beef stew, or or you'll have uh, Salisbury steak, or I mean they have, they have a whole bunch of different ones. Um, you know, and yeah. it's got they're packed with calories. I mean, you know, seven eight thousand calories or some something crazy, and so. And you need that. Um, you need that energy, yeah. but um, they get old really quick, for sure. So, moving from town, like you said, moving from town to town, how were were the the locals for the most part? Not the ones that are trying to, you know, but like the families with kids, with people that are trying to survive and just, you know, go about their daily life. How how were those? people treating you know you guys coming in there did they see you as coming in to help or did they see you coming in as the enemy um well you know they're especially in in uh, countries like iraq to where most of the everything is cut off from them and and they're it's ran by a dictator um you know they're they're told there's a lot of false propaganda and a lot of stuff you know uh that is supposed to be betrayed of Americans, like we were coming over to do this such and such bad thing. But I think as time went on, you know, they realized that we were there to help as much as possible. So, but, you know, a human's a human. I mean, it's, it's your basic instinct. You want to survive. So you're going to, I mean, you know, in, a, in that kind of situation, I mean, you know, most people are going to pick the side that they know is going to win and they're going to do whatever they can to benefit themselves and families or their country. And so, um, for the most part, we were looked at, uh, you know, it, it was good. We didn't, you know, it, I never really got the sense too much of these people hate us. Um, you know, yeah. at times you did, at times you did, but, um, I think you learn really quick, uh, not to trust anybody. I mean, I know that's kind of crazy to say, but you just, you just don't trust anybody because at the end of the day, the only people you can trust is that man on your left and your right. So, yeah. So the, and that's the sad thing about it is is that you you can't even trust an eight year old boy that rides up to you on a bicycle because absolutely not because they, 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 they don't yeah, they don't care they'll they'll use any the bad guys will use anything and everything within their power to to inflict harm or kill an American and so they'd strap bombs to to kids c four um 
they'd, they'd put IEDs in dead dogs and donkeys laying on the road. Um, they'd fill donkey carts up with bombs and, and, you know, try to get them in that way. I mean, yeah, they don't care. I mean, they're going to do whatever they can to, to, you know, inflict as much harm as possible. So did you make any, any sort of, like, like you said, you know, you learn not to trust anybody, but did, in that time you were somewhere for a month, did you ever find somebody that you, you knew you could not completely trust, obviously, but were there people that were there and, and you kind of got to know them and maybe their family and make some sort of a relationship with any of the people over there? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, we had interpreters and you'd pick up new interpreters along the way. And, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time out patrolling the local towns and villages. And so we'd, we'd always have some contacts in the village that we, we could rely on and, um, for the most part. And, uh, I think somebody that I can, that I, you know, be, became friends with, uh, uh, his name was Mahmoud and he owned a, a little, sh- a little shop in a little village outside of Hamam Amalil. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you kind of, I guess you just, you try to do what you can do and, and, uh, you know, you're, you're just, you're there to help them. And, but you know, you need to, the, the people that are, that are influenced, have influencing power in the region. I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta befriend them and so they can get the message out as well. Yeah. Cause you, you start hanging out and getting friendly with, with Mahmoud and then the enemy comes in there and says, we don't like what you're doing. The next time they come in, we want you to do this. And they kind of have to. Or else, you know, it, it, that's a tough situation. And it doesn't, it doesn't sound, obviously, it's not fun at all. But, I mean, just the mental, you know, like when you see an eight-year-old child coming up to you, you instantly want to be friendly to them. You want to... You know, but you can't. Not even a dog. You can't even. You know, a dog comes running up to you. You want to pet it. You can't. Yeah, no. I mean, you definitely, you definitely have to keep your guard up at all times. But you know, the kids, you know, kids are innocent. I mean, they don't. You know, for you know, kid eight, ten years old really doesn't know any better. He's going to do what he's told to do, and you have to, you have to kind of look at it like that. Um, but you know, any time that you get, you're able to spend time with kids over there. You know, whether it be just kicking a soccer ball around or or giving them candy, um, we all did it. And that's because, yeah. you know, it's just that, that natural, basic human instinct, I mean, of compassion. And, and to see what them kids have to go through every day and how they live is, um, it's, it's troubling. And it, but it also, as an American soldier and as an American, it makes me look at the country we live in and just be that much more proud because our kids, you know, are very fortunate, which they don't understand and they've yeah. lost sight of nowadays. But um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, I, I think if, if this new generation of, of kids that we have coming up and, and, uh, if they could go see some of that and how it actually is, that maybe they would be a little bit more appreciative and, and, uh, you know, it'd change them a little bit, I think. Yeah. That's funny that you say that because I was just going to say, you know, how they do the, the scared straight, you know, um, talk about scaring somebody straight, you know, you send your, your kid who's being a, a jerk because he doesn't want to go to school because he's playing Xbox and send him over to Iraq, you know, for one day and then he'll come back. And, you know, that's, that's the ultimate scared straight, you know? And like you said, it's the kids these days here, they have no idea. They have no clue. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the whole scared straight thing, I mean, to me, I mean, send a kid to a, a VA hospital that's packed with, uh, you know, men and women that went and fought for this country and lost limbs and eyesights and, you know, most of their face because it got burned off. Uh, you know, I, I would think that would have a, tr- a, a profound impact. And that's why, you know, I try to encourage uh, all my friends that are that are veterans and wounded soldiers to get out and speak to as many kids and schools as possible because, you know, they we they need to understand what was. It's not just, you know, everything everything that's done is done for the future of this country and the, and the people. And yeah. you know, we we've got a lot of men and women that have paid the ultimate sacrifice that didn't get to come home, um, you know, because they were called upon. And I, I just feel like. You know, I've always kind of felt like our country uh, just kind of forgets that sometimes, you know, kind of forgets that yeah. pretty quickly, actually. I mean, if you look back at September 11th, I mean, that was a very, you know, a very traumatic, profound event that happened in this country. And, you know, it wasn't five or six years and it was just seemed like it was kind of forgotten about, you know, and the soldiers, yeah. were, you know, they're, they were over there doing the best they could do with what they had and. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, a lot of our soldiers didn't get to come home, but I bet you, you know, most every one of them would do it again because that's what we believe and that's what we believe in our heart. Yeah, I think if, if anything, you know, take take your kid uh, on a trip to, uh, is it Arlington Cemetery? Yeah. That's a big, that, try taking your child there and showing them these are all the people that never made it back. They volunteered, they gave their service, they gave their life, and they ultimately gave their life because I, I went to Arlington once and it was, like you said, it, it's eye-opening and it's just when you look and you see gravestones for for as far as the eye can see, and those are all people who fought for this country and went over there and, you know, didn't make it back or they made it back and then died from whatever wounds and whatever diseases they had. And, and that, that's an eye opener. And like I, I told you last week, I went to Heinz VA here in Chicago and uh, talked to some of the guys there. And just to hear the stories, like you said, it, you know, take a field trip, take some of these kids to this, to the Heinz VA to visit, because for one, the veterans there would love it just to be able to talk to some of these kids and tell their stories. And I think children would, would, realize you know why they can do the things they can do why they can sit at home and play xbox all day and it's like they should take things not for granted so much because at any at any second you know it, things could change like 9-11 things on nine ten, everybody was happy as a clam you know and then yeah, 9-11 I mean, happened and things have never been the same it's insane and it's insane that our you know well, the way our media is structured that, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, alarming times we're in right now, if you look in a global perspective and, and um, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be that much long without something happen again, if, if things keep going like it is. And, and, you know, we, you know, we talk about Arlington and uh, I have something I really want to say about that, but let's go ahead and break and let's get a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll pick up the discussion from there. Perfect. You're listening to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggin. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. 
My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. If you are one of the 20 million veterans who served in the United States military, then this message is for you. During your time in the service, you might have experienced conditions and mishaps that have or will have an impact on your health and quality of life. Sometimes it takes years for these conditions to manifest themselves. Most veterans ignore the early warning signs and therefore miss opportunities that could have improved their health or extended their life. It is important that you identify underlying conditions early while you have a chance to make a difference. The VDAC software was created to help you identify presumptive service-connected conditions as well as assist you with filling out any of your VA disability forms. Not every veteran wants to file a claim. However, knowing what health issues to be aware of is an added benefit of living a long, healthy life. For those who want to file for their VA disability, the VDAC application greatly simplifies and expedites this process and therefore produces a perfectly filled out VA disability form with supporting material. For more information, go to nifv.org. Again, that's nifv.org. The goal of VDAC, the Veterans Disability Application Caddy, is to empower you, the veteran, with a quick and easy tool that aids you with filling out your VA disability forms. Welcome back to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, Wounded but not broken. Midge and I are talking about uh, just uh, overall concept of you know uh, the history of Iraq, Afghanistan, and we we got into Arlington. Midge had talked about he'd visited Arlington and and uh, you know all the soldiers that had died in the war. And I I don't want to stop it there because today we face a crisis. And we've faced a crisis, and it's time as Americans we stand up and we confront the crisis of our soldiers committing suicide. Um, yeah. You know, at at the end of the day, we can't stop everybody, um, but I feel like that we can help a lot more than we do. 
I feel like that a lot of people, um, you know, whether uh, from all walks of life, we, you know, they send soldiers to do their bidding and we send soldiers to go fight on behalf of this country and to be representatives of this country. And, you know, we just, we see them living on the streets or, you know, and, and these guys reach out, they reach out in their own way. You, you just, you just kind of have to get a knack for, for seeing it. Um, I've had friends that have uh, committed suicide and I've had friends that I've stopped from committing suicide. And, you know, I think until I take my last breath, I'll never stop, you know, trying to advocate for that. We need, we need to do more for our soldiers, um, men and women past and present ones that are hurt, ones that can't go back into the military. Cause for a lot of guys, the military is all they've ever known. And that's all they've ever cared about. You go in there, you know, with the hesitation of, you know, or the assumption that oh, I'm only going to do four years, but they end up spending, you know, a, making a career out of it. And then that's taken from them and they just feel like everything's gone. Um, not everybody handles that the same way. Um, some people have the ability to, you know, push forward and, and seek the help and, and get the help. And, but some guys don't, And I mean, you know, war is a very uh, brutal thing and it affects people in very different ways. And, um, you know, we need to help the ones that need the help. And, uh, you know, we can, we can start here now and, uh, and it just something needs to be done in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, it's, a, it's about up to what, 22 veterans a day commit suicide around that number. Yeah, it's, it's astronomical. I mean, we've lost more veterans to suicide than we have in conflict. That's that right there. That alone, that statement is just mind blowing because, you know, over there, it's physical, it's brutal, you see all that, and then you come back and you have to deal with it all. And if you don't know where to go or you're too, you know, you're too proud to reach out. I'm just having a bad day. I'll get over it. It's no big deal. You know, you need to reach out. Like you said, you need to reach out, you know, forget about your pride, forget about being, you know, I'm a Marine, I'm an Army guy, I'm a Navy guy, I'm I'm too good for that. I'm I'm too big for that. I don't need help. I can handle this on my own. You can't. Everybody needs help at some point. Everybody needs help. And like you said, not enough veterans are reaching out. And, you know, I like, I, I know you go around and you talk, you talk to people, you talk to kids, you talk to, what do, what do you think is one way that we could get more people in general, but more children involved, not children. And I'm not saying children, eight or nine years old. I'm saying high school kids you know, 16, 17, 18, you know, like I said, I went to Heinz VA and, and there was one or two other people visiting people and there's, you know, 50, 60 vets just sitting in there by themselves. What, I know it's a, it's, it's a stupid question to ask, but what, what could somebody do to help some of these people? Yeah, I think, I think the communities uh, could take up a, a big, big role in that, uh, whether it just be expressing their thanks, um, you know, and I, and I know we have Veterans Day, we have Memorial Day, but I mean, that's one day a year. Uh, Metro, yeah. Veterans Day and Memorial Day should be every day of the year um, because we wouldn't have this country if we didn't have people that would that were ready to stand up and defend it. And so I think the communities can get a lot more involved. There is a lot of um, there's a lot of tools and a lot of resources out there with the VA and the Army does with with the suicide prevention. But that can only go so far. It has to get down to the community level and to the family level. Um, because these guys, a lot of these guys that commit suicide and, and women that commit suicide have kids. And so it's, it's being, um, understanding that, you know, you're not doing 
them wrong if you see something and that you know you you seek help for them because that's yeah. you know sometimes these sometimes they aren't in the right mindset to seek help for themselves and so you know you have to rely on somebody to do that for you and I think uh, being involved more as a community and more uh, at the family level I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of them could be prevented I think um, because you know you as a kid or as a young teenager or whatever, you don't ever want to look at your dad and be like, Oh man, you know, he's having trouble because you want to think of your dad as this powerful army guy or Navy guy or, or whatever it may be. And, you know, I think as a kid, you'd be hesitant. Um, but I, I don't think, I think if, if you have any inclination that anything is wrong, I think, you know, you should try to seek help for somebody. That's just my opinion, but. Yeah. No, obviously, like like you said, like it's, it's your dad. It's Superman to you to 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 your son. You're Superman, you know. And and if something was wrong with Superman, I'm sure Superman would want help, you know. So you know, no matter who it is, and you you just have to help. And I, I like you said, you do. I don't think there's enough of that going on. And I it's it's an open question because I don't know if it'll ever be solved. It's it's just more needs to be done, but what more, you know? Like yeah, you said, and, it needs to get you know, down to the community. It's it's such tough times now with COVID and and being able the restriction of, of being able to visit somebody. But you know, I think um, I don't know. I think one of, my uncle has probably really taught me one of the most valuable lessons in life is there's a lot more than just email and and uh, phone. I mean, sit down and write a letter with a hand in ink. I mean, when's the last time most people have done that, you know, write it, write, write an anonymous letter to the VA just to a specific soldier thanking them with in pen and paper. I, I think that, you know, little, there's the little things like that, that I think actually, you know, I, I, they help, I think, in my opinion. Oh yeah. I'm sure when, when, when you were over there and you got, you know, mail from home. It was the highlight of your of your day, of your week, of your month. However, however often you got mail, you know, I'm sure that was the highlight. And can you imagine for some uh, Vietnam veteran who's sitting at Heinz and you know his parents are long gone and maybe his 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 kid has kind of lost touch and he's just sitting there and he gets a letter, you know, because you got to know those guys just sit there four walls all day and and what else is there to think about, you know, but if you had things to talk about, other people to talk to, things to read, letters from people, you know, it would, it would take their mind off of, it's just, it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, in some aspects, uh, and, you know, in some places that I've been, I mean, I know tech South Texas is really big about that. They do, their community is really involved. Um, but again, I, I just, it's, it's very hard. It's a hard pill to swallow when you wake up and you know that, you know, they might not be your brother and sister that you know, but people that have common ground with you that served in the military to know that 22 of them are going to commit suicide that day. It's, it's difficult. It weighs on me um, because yeah. I, you know, I just, I think that we've, you know, all, through the period of time, we've asked so much of our soldiers and, and I think, um, you know, it, it, the effects and trauma of conflict and war are just, uh, uh, it's just, just a terrible thing. And I, I just, I feel like that, um, you know, from a, from the highest level, we could get our, our shit together in, in, in a sense and, and 
do things right, you know, through, through the VA and through all that. I mean, um, you know, the VA is a great thing. Uh, nothing is without their issues though. And there's, there's a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of challenging things in the VA to navigate through and it's very overwhelming. And, and I would encourage people that are having trouble, uh, navigating through that to reach out to people. There are people to help, you know, there are people there to, that, that can help you and walk you through that process. Yeah, like we we just played that commercial for VDAC for that, you know, the veterans, um, that software that that will help you get through all that. Because I I couldn't imagine being a veteran and being 80 years old and walking in and asking for help and them handing you, you know, uh, 300 pieces of paper and go, okay, uh, fill this out and then uh, bring it all back in and we'll look over it and, uh, you know, Okay, thanks. I'll see you in six months when I'm done filling it out. You know. Yes, yeah, for sure. Like the, the, that that VDEC program is amazing. I've I've ran through it uh, a couple of times. It it really really makes the process easy. Um, it's really self-explanatory. I know that there's a there's a tutorial on how to do it, how to use it. It's pretty self-explanatory though. That thing, uh, the VDAC program is going to change lives. It's going to make things so much easier. And I would encourage everybody that's listening uh, to get the word out and to um, try it out. And um, it's it's an amazing it's an amazing program. Yeah, I just I actually watched the tutorial today on how to do it, and and it it, it the tutorial was like seven minutes long, and it explained everything. And that seven minutes. You know, basically it runs through everything and it basically takes care of, you know, a week's or more worth of work, you know, in like an hour if you were to sit down and fill it out. It cross-references all the – because they know when you were there. They know when you got shot. They know how long you were in the hospital, you know. And and if you're 80 years old, do you think you could remember, oh, that's right, on October 6th I got shot and I was in the hospital for – do you think you're going to be able to remember details like that, you know, when you were 19, 20 years old and now you're 80? You know, I can't remember well, what I, I did can, last week, let alone I haven't asked you, these guys remember what they did, you know. Uh, I can tell you that uh, most veterans uh, with that kind of experience, they do remember, you know, them are pretty profound dates in, in their in their mind. They they usually never forget them. But, but you're right in saying that that, that process takes – I would argue it takes a, it takes a lot more time to put that stuff together. You, I think, I think the first time I did it, I didn't do a tutorial or anything. I had uh, Mark showing me. It took about 25 minutes, and I went through and had everything laid out, all the all the forms filled out, and uh, with all my injuries. And then I could have I didn't go in and put all my other injuries, um, but all the ones that I was privy to to uh, places where I've been stationed or deployed. It pulled generated all that, made the forms. I mean, it, it really it cuts out a lot of work and a lot of headache. It makes it super easy. It's super, you know, super friendly to, to use. And, yeah, it's going to be a great program. I, th- I think that thing's going to change a lot of lives. Yeah, I think I've, I've talked to some soldiers. They said they've applied for benefits 12 years ago. Still waiting on them. They're still, you know, and it's wrong that's that is just wrong because when they asked you to sign up and head over there you didn't take 12 years to decide you made that decision on on 912 like you said you 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 know 912 913 you were like i got to go over there i got to help that that's 
and you were over there. Like you said, you went through boot camp 30 days later. Next thing you know, you're over there, and, and, and you're, you know, you're deep in it. But 12 years later, you still haven't gotten your, your benefits and the help you need so you don't commit suicide and so you don't, you know, become homeless. Because that's, that's a whole other topic itself is, is veteran homelessness, which I'm sure lends itself to veteran suicide because, you know, living right now, Chicago, you just moved here, but you've seen Chicago in the winter. It's eight degrees out, and it just snowed like two feet last night. Can you imagine being homeless in that? Yeah. Actually, you know, Alexa and I were up in the city yesterday, and we were driving through the tunnel there along the river, and you see a bunch of tents and stuff, man. It's just sad, and you got to wonder, you know, are any of them guys had, have any of them people served our country? Um, because you know some of them have. And, oh, uh, you know some of them have, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I think – yeah, I think from the top down, I mean, I really do. I think from the top down, there needs to be more emphasis on on veterans and veteran, uh, you know, help and mental state. And, and, and uh, I know there is there is help out there, but sometimes, you know, people have a hard time of, of reaching out for it. So we need to reach out to them. And, uh, you know, we just need to figure out a, a way as a society to do that and, and, uh, and, you know, and help them. I mean, they helped us, you know. Yeah, and they didn't take 12 years to decide whether or not they're going to help or not. They decided, yes, I'm in. Let's go. Let's go do it. I'm here to help. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do have, there's I do there's no reason. Question. There's no reason why anything should take that long. There really isn't. If if that's the case, then we really need to uh, look at how that stuff's structured and how it's how it's done and ran because uh, nothing should take that long when it comes to somebody's health. It is very sad, and and you know you said something has to be. I, I don't, I don't know if we will ever see that in our lifetimes where hundred percent taken care of. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things that I don't think, for some reason, there's. I don't know. It's one of those things that it, I don't think will ever be a hundred percent fixed, and unfortunately, you know they'll try and try and and more. You know. Like you said, from the top down, it needs to, and I just don't see that happening because of all the politics. And this one, this one person wants to do it. No, we can't do it. It's not in the budget. We don't have this. We don't have that. It's just one of those well, things. You know, that I, I mean, think. at the end of the day, you may be right, but I, I choose to be an optimist, man, and I really think that if enough people um, get behind it, and I think if enough enough stuff's done, enough hell's raised, I think I think we can start to affect change. Will it be fully fixed? Probably not. I mean, that's a that's a great big. Uh, that's a huge umbrella of people to, to do, but you know, if we're not trying to make it better and we're not constantly trying to improve, then we're wrong. Then everybody's yeah. wrong from, from the top down. Well, and, and to me, to me at the top, that should be a huge focus because that would be, I mean, I know if I was at the top, I would be focused on that. Not just because I was in the military, not just because I was hurt because it's the right thing to do. Politics aside, exactly. it doesn't matter. I know. I know politics drives everything nowadays, but um, it shouldn't drive that at all. Yeah, no, it shouldn't. I do have I do have one question I want to ask you, but we do have to take a quick break, and then we could uh, talk about that, and then we could wrap it up and talk about anything else you want to talk about. You want to take a quick break? Yeah, man, let's take a break. Into a word from the sponsors, and I'll talk to you in a minute. You're listening to Wounded But Not Broken 
with host Patrick Scroggin. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Attention, looking for semi-drivers nationwide. GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois, is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. If you are one of the 20 million veterans who served in the United States military, then this message is for you. During your time in the service, you might have experienced conditions and mishaps that have or will have an impact on your health and quality of life. Sometimes it takes years for these conditions to manifest themselves. Most veterans ignore the early warning signs and therefore miss opportunities that could have improved their health or extended their life. It is important that you identify underlying conditions early while you have a chance to make a difference. The VDAC software was created to help you identify presumptive service-connected conditions as well as assist you with filling out any of your VA disability forms. Not every veteran wants to file a claim. However, knowing what health issues to be aware of is an added benefit of living a long, healthy life. For those who want to file for their VA disability, the VDAC application greatly simplifies and expedites this process and therefore produces a perfectly filled out VA disability form with supporting material. For more information, go to nifv.org. Again, that's nifv.org. The goal of VDAC, the Veterans Disability Application Caddy, is to empower you, the veteran, with a quick and easy tool that aids you with filling out your VA disability forms. Welcome back to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, back with here, me and Midge. We're just uh, discussing, I guess, this current events in the state uh, state our veterans are in, and it's kind of sad, actually. But uh, Midge, you said you had a question for me. Go ahead. Um, I forget when it was exactly. I know it was in the last two years when uh, President Biden just completely pulled out of of Afghanistan. Um, and literally within, what, a week, 
they were back to exactly where it was. And you were deployed three times, two or three times. Uh, twice. Twice. So you were over there for at least a year and a half? Uh, yeah, almost two years. Almost two years. So two years of your life, uh, you lose your leg, your your spine is broke, you've got all these disabilities, and then it's just like he threw in the towel. He gave up, just gave up the red flag. He, you know, how did you feel when that happened? Man, me personally, I mean, it, it upset me to no end um, because I feel like um, strategically it was really bad. I think we need to keep a presence in that in that region. It's not uh, not ever gonna subside. They're always gonna they're always gonna try to uh, inject their beliefs and their force on us, and uh, I would much rather do it there than than here. Uh, but the way it happened and uh, everything that was left behind, I, I just can't agree with. Um, you know, I wasn't making the decisions. I definitely wasn't sitting in the briefing rooms. But I think, I think, uh, didn't wouldn't take a. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think I think I would have done it a lot differently. Um, yeah. And and to lose to lose more soldiers like we did. I mean, it was inevitable. Everybody knew, you know, that knows anything knew it was going to happen eventually, and it didn't have to, I don't think, um, in that area or in that aspect. Uh, I think a lot of, I think there was a lot of politics at play, and um, and I, again, I don't agree with politics in the military. The military is apolitical, and, you know, we should all act on what the best interests of this country and its people and its inhabitants, and and unfortunately... Uh, it's not the way we've been going. Yeah. So you heard that commercial for uh, VDAC, which is that uh, software that will help you get your benefits. It's nifv.org. If you're having any problems or you want to just check it out, you want to you know look at it and see if it can help you, which like Patrick and I both said, we both um, – Patrick, you went through it with uh, – somebody and I just went through the t- tutorial and if if I needed benefits and and I had 800 pages of paperwork to fill out I would be on this website right now doing it and getting it done a lot faster and and hopefully getting my benefits a lot a, a lot quicker than you know 12 years down the road you know yeah I think uh you know I would encourage everybody to to look at it and uh, just spread the word because it is truly uh truly an amazing program that can that can really change your life and make things a lot easier. Um, so I would encourage everybody to take a look at it. And, you know, that being said tonight, you know, there was a lot of talk about some of the bad things, but I want to talk about the good things right now. I would like to okay. say that, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about joining the military, you're young and you don't know what to do, or you just always wanted to serve your country. I think it's one of the most honorable things that you could do. And I would never try to talk you out of it. And that's not what I'm trying to do about, uh, when I talk about the things that we need to fix or, you know, the, the things that are lacking, because if, if that me saying that let discourages you from joining the military, then things will never get fixed. I would encourage yeah. anybody to join the military. Um, it's a great, it's, it's, it's a great family and, uh, you know, you'll have friends, brothers that you'll never make anywhere else and you'll have them for a lifetime. Um, I wouldn't change my time in the military for anything, and I would go back tomorrow if I could. Um, you know, that being said, it's that, tough. That, 
that's the thing that that amazes me about you is that that you know everything that's happened to you you say that like if, if i could go back tomorrow and do exactly what i wanted to i'd be on uh, a helicopter headed over there um and and just keep going so you you go around and give uh motivational speeches do you speak at high schools do you speak anywhere like do you have uh, a schedule um, where any- people could look that when when you do that uh, I don't yet. It's it's not something that I've fully committed to. I, it's just kind of word of mouth, and uh, I've spoke at some really big events, and I've spoke at really little schools. Um, it's just I enjoy doing it. I enjoy speaking, and I enjoy uh, getting the word out, and I enjoy just interacting with people in that aspect. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, but I don't have a website or anything yet. I mean, there's talks about doing it, but with starting a, a new job up here, I'm going to be pretty preoccupied, and it's going to be hard to schedule stuff. But uh, once I get into the into the groove of things and I figure out my schedule and, and, uh, everything, then I'm going to start building the website and start, um, yeah, I'm going to start speaking, you know, and, uh, I'm sure, you know, I'll donate a big portion of the proceeds to nonprofits and, and, uh, that's how I feel like I can help the best. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I do feel like I, I have a good message to tell and I've been through a lot of stuff in my life and, and, uh, been able to, you know, feel like I come out on top and I'm, I'm still climbing. So, um, you know, I, and that, that's the thing too. Uh, when I encourage your, when I, you know, talking about, I really would encourage anybody to join the military if you want to. My recommendation for everybody, if you're thinking about joining the military, is do your research. You know, do your research and figure out exactly what you would be interested in because you got to love what you do to be happy. And you know, there's going to be times where it's tough and you're not really going to love what you know, love the what you're doing in the moment, but in the in the bigger picture. You got to, you got to love your career that you've chosen for yourself. A lot of people that I've seen join the military, they just join the military like, Oh, I'm just going to do this for four years. So I'll just do this MOS or that MOS, or I'll go to this branch or that branch. Uh, instead of doing their, their research and figuring out really what skills they would like to acquire in life and, and where they would like to be. Basically you could almost do anything. You could do what I did for, for I was in radio for thirty years. You could be a you know a broad uh, communications you know uh, um, expert. You could you could go into there's a million different things, and you could do it all in the military. And it's it's not like you're paying for a four year college. It's not your you know it's it, you're helping the country and and you're learning. And like you said, no, you know, do your research I mean, and figure it out. You can do anything in the military. If you put your mind to it, you work hard and you don't have a hothead. If you if you can take instruction and keep your cool about you and just, you know, keep your head down and you move through it and you uh, work hard. I mean, there's nothing in the military you can accomplish with whether you want to be a doctor, a pilot, you want to you do some of the things like you see on Call of Duty, kicking in the doors, jumping out of airplanes. And I mean, you can do anything. Anything, anything at all, you can do in the military if you want to do it. Like, did you know how to fly an attack helicopter when you signed up? Uh, no, I, I knew how to fly a helicopter, but not an attack helicopter. So you did. So you were into aeronautics. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word or not. Um, flying a helicopter, let's just call it that. So you were into that before yeah. you joined, and that's you knew that's what you were going in for. No, I didn't know that. I, I listen. I've I've been a a pilot since I was a little kid. Uh, I grew up flying. My family owns a business, and uh, I grew up doing that, so it was second nature for me. 
Um, I had more hours than my instructor in flight school and helicopter, but um, I wasn't, I wasn't cocky. I wasn't anything. I took, I went in there with a level, you know, with a level head and I took the instruction and I learned a lot. And that's what my dad always told me is when you stop learning and you feel like, you know, what all, you better find something else to do or you're going to die. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I did not join the military to fly helicopters at all. I joined the military to go kick indoors and do that. And that's what I did. And then I just decided that, uh, you know, flight school was kind of, uh, I remember actually the day I was, it was hot. It was like 120 degrees or something. I was sweating, had a backpack on and I saw a helicopter fly over and I'm like, you know what, why aren't you doing that? And so <laughs> I, uh, so that's why, that's why I went to fly helicopters. 80 pound backpack. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but I love, like you said, you know, if you, if you keep your cool and you, and you're, you're humble and, and, and not cocky. And I think, you know, from meeting you and just from talking to you, you, are the humblest person, you are the most helpful person, and I think you going out and, and giving motivational speeches to whether it be businesses, whether it be, you know, kids at schools, I think, you know, you would be amazing at that because, like, when, it, when I first met you that first night, like I said, when you walked in, people gravitated towards you and you just have that, that aura about you that people want to listen to you and then, you know, the message you have and the message you can deliver, you know, that's, we need we need more of that. There's not enough. You know, when I was in school, we never had the military come talk to us in my high school. We never had somebody come in and give a you know a speech about that. You know, and that's that's those prime years of, of decision making time. You know, when you're a junior yeah. and a senior in high school. You know. Yeah, I mean, and I think that just answers that. Uh, you know, what our grandfathers told us. You know, you're never you're never gonna you'll never learn everything and you can always learn something from somebody else. And so I just feel like with my story, it's so broad and so diverse uh, from the things that I've done in my life that, uh, and the things that I've had to overcome and accomplish and get through, I feel like that somebody can learn something from me from any walk of life. And so it would be very selfish of me not to share that. And, and I, and I don't, I'm not trying to sound arrogant or anything like that, but I just, I have been through a lot and I've overcame a lot and I'm proud of it. And I feel like that my attitude and the way I approach things um, maybe would make somebody see things that they're having trouble with and maybe make them approach it a little bit differently. And so that's why I enjoy yeah. doing things. Uh, that's why I enjoyed talking and, and um, you know, going to them events uh, because um, we can always learn something from everybody. And that's, uh, that's an important no, lesson. No kidding. And I know I, I mentioned it last week, the, the documentary they, that they did on you, Wounded But Not Broken, it's on YouTube. Um, you know, if, if you haven't gone and checked it out and, and watched Patrick's story, it's, it's amazing the stuff you went through and how you came out uh, on top. You won the battle because you are living your life. You're doing things you want to do. You're, you're helping. You're giving back. And, and that's, that's the life. You know, right there, you know, you could just give up and be living under a bridge, you know, in Chicago, but you came out on top. And I think that's, that's the kind of person that needs to be out speaking at high schools and speaking to businesses and, 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 and motivating people to, to turn their life around if it needs to be, or just what path to go down, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that everybody, everybody, no matter who you are, can play a part in making society better. And um, 
I think uh, it would be nice to get the country back to that attitude as opposed to such a the divisive place that we're in right now, because, uh, you know, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm just going to say this for the listeners. Um, we're divided because we're being told to be divided. I mean, all the propaganda, all the stuff. The only reason most of this stuff's an issue is because some people keep making it an issue. And when you can stop and uh, realize that and then stop letting it be an issue, we won't, we'll stop having the problems. That's a whole nother conversation right there. That's no, a good for sure. It's a five day conversation right there, at least. For sure. But it's, it's the truth. And, uh, you know, if we, if we just sit down and just think about it and, uh, it's not, it's really easy to see the, the, the talking points of, of, you know, the past couple of years, three, four years. But anyways, that is another conversation, but, uh, you know, that's going to, that's going to do it for us tonight. I really appreciate everybody tuning in. Midge, I really appreciate you having the discussion tonight and uh, I hope everybody tunes in next week and we'll have, uh, we'll have another great show. I'm going to have a, really good friend on next week talking about his stories. That's probably going to be a, a two-part episode, maybe three. Uh, he's done a lot in his life, but uh, anyways, hope everybody has a great week and uh, we really appreciate the support and let's, uh, let's blow this thing up. All right, man. Thank you for uh, the great show and I will talk with you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks. You're listening to wounded, but not broken with host Patrick Scroggins. My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-754. Four six six seven. That number again, eight four seven seven five four four six six seven. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio broadcast for over fifteen years. High quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since nineteen eighty five, serving Fortune one hundred companies for over thirty five years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. If you are one of the 20 million veterans who served in the United States military, then this message is for you. During your time in the service, you might have experienced conditions and mishaps that have or will have an impact on your health and quality of life. Sometimes it takes years for these conditions to manifest themselves. Most veterans ignore the early warning signs and therefore miss opportunities that could have improved their health or extended their life. It is important that you identify underlying conditions early while you have a chance to make a difference. 
The VDAC software was created to help you identify presumptive service-connected conditions as well as assist you with filling out any of your VA disability forms. Not every veteran wants to file a claim. However, knowing what health issues to be aware of is an added benefit of living a long, healthy life. For those who want to file for their VA disability, the VDAC application greatly simplifies and expedites this process and therefore produces a perfectly filled out VA disability form with supporting material. For more information, go to nifv.org. Again, that's nifv.org. The goal of VDAC, the Veterans Disability Application Caddy, is to empower you, the veteran, with a quick and easy tool that aids you with filling out your VA disability forms. VBN, Veterans Broadcast Network, brings you Wounded But Not Broken, hosted by Patrick Scroggin. It lies within you to conquer your greatest challenges. Patrick tackles the stories of how others faced unthinkable odds and then at a pivotal moment, a change occurred within them that gave them the strength, attitude, and direction to excel beyond the greatest expectations. Listen every week and learn how it is possible to defeat the impossible.